The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joseph Armacost, how are you today? It's Friday! Yes, so I'm doing well, Friday. but... Yeah. Gosh, I need Fridays. Woo, man, what a day yesterday. Levin, <laughs> yeah. my show, Hannity. I had to put Visine in my eyes Dude. to do the Hannity show last night. Man. It was like, uh, you know, six, seven hours of content and another four or five hours of content production. So uh, it was a busy day. Man. But uh, got it done. And uh, yeah, thanks for you, everybody man. for listening. I'm yeah. sure we got some new listeners today from doing Mark's show last night. So we always appreciate that. Welcome, welcome. Um, a lot to talk about, um, as I've said to you in the past, and I know there's some significant disagreement on this, and that's okay, about Jeff Sessions and the DOJ. I mm-hmm. get it. I understand your objections. My only request has been and will be, will continue to be that regardless of your feelings about Sessions, which I understand, that there are things going on. Are you like a crazy person? <laughs> are you? I don't know. <laughs> it depends. But I've asked this over and over again, just... Don't discount the things that are going on behind the scenes. Where you, you can listen, I get it. I get your uh, people very upset with sessions, and I understand. But there are things happening, Joe. Have we not said this over and over again? Yeah, lots, well, lots. Yeah. Well, yesterday you see one of those things that we had. Would I'm trying to be delicate here? Um, said might happen. Started happening. There was a major indictment issued yesterday for a Senate staffer. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yes. Who was leaking information to a BuzzFeed Politico um, New York Times reporter, Ali uh, Watkins. Now, the indictment was for lying, was not for uh, for the leaks. But I'm going to get into that in a second and what it means. And, you know, I'm a little torn on a lot of these things, too. So uh, we'll get to that. But it's an important story. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Helix Sleep. Welcome back. Helix Sleep. We love Helix Sleep. There's nobody on a planet like you, so why would you buy a mattress built for uh, everyone else? Good question. Why would you? doesn't make any sense. Working with the world's leading sleep experts, Helix Sleep developed a mattress that's customized to your specific height, weight, and sleep preferences so you can have the best sleep of your life at an unbeatable price. They mean it. Here's how it works. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Fill out your two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll design your custom mattress so they can even customize each side for you and a partner. They customize each side of the mattress. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. In 2018, Helix Sleep has taken customized sleep to the next level with the Helix Pillow, which I love. The all-new pillows are fully adjustable so you can achieve perfect comfort regardless of sleep position or body type. Helix Sleep has thousands of five-star reviews. You can check that out yourself. Plus, you get 100 nights to try them out. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan right now, and you'll get up to $125 towards your mattress order. That's a lot. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. It's a great mattress. Sleep matters to me. I need it these days. All right. So yesterday, Senate staffer gets locked up, gets pinched in law enforcement terminology. Yeah, get the pinch. Get the pinch. He's pinched. This guy, James Wolf, he is uh, the secure. He runs a security component for the Senate Intel Committee, which is ironic uh, because he is being charged with lying to the FBI about his contacts with a reporter who apparently he was involved in some romantic relationship with. Now, what's critical to this story, as I've said to you again over and over, there are things happening. It may not be at the pace you want, which I appreciate and understand. And there are some things that should be happening that aren't. But 
What's critical is what was leaked. Apparently, what was leaked was the identity of one Carter Page, who the FBI and the IC community targeting President Trump found to be a a convenient intro target to introduce themselves into the Trump campaign in a signals intelligence capacity. That was a lot. Remember the ongoing operating theory I've been working with here based on my research for the book and for this show has been that they threw everything. They threw the kitchen sink at Donald Trump, Joe. Yeah, yeah. They tried foreign intelligence. They tried introducing spies into the campaign. They tried some standard FBI investigative techniques, probably, you know, Internet queries and things like that. They found nothing. Hillary tried oppo research. They found no evidence they could use to prosecute or legally um, spy on the Trump team. So, so Trump team. So what did they do? They needed some kind of vehicle to get the emails and get the texts of someone on the Trump team and using the two hop rule where you can get someone's communications and then hop to someone else and then hop to someone else within the campaign. They went to signals intelligence. That signals intelligence vehicle was the FISA warrant on Carter Page. What's interesting about this is that this character, James Wolf, who's having this relationship with this reporter, right? He then gives up the name of Carter Page to this reporter. That's interesting to you because I'm quoting from the P. I'm going to read a longer quote here in a second because it's important. All right. the, remember, the reporter's name is Watkins, who gives up the name Carter Page. Watkins' report has been widely cited as evidence of Page's close ties to Russia. Folks, are you seeing now the the circle of, of, of swamp rats, police state Democrats, and media goons that made this story happen? You you may not be picking it up yet. It's okay. I'm I'm um it's it's gonna require me to lay it down a little different. I can see by Joe's hesitation too that it's not making a lot of sense yet. All right. Carter Page, who was working for the Trump team as a foreign policy advisor. Carter Page had contacts with the FBI previously with regards to a spy case against a Russian named Yevgeny Buryakov. The Russians had tried to recruit Page. They called him an idiot, though. And Page eventually worked for the FBI in uh, during the case to to go nail the Russian spy. Joe, does that make sense? FBI I'm not, asset. I'm not, yeah, yeah. He was. I'm not saying he's a good guy or bad guy. I'm saying he worked with the FBI to get to nail the Russian spy. That's important, Carter Page. We got it. Now, in those documents. The documents they, for the case where they nailed the Buryakov guy, the Russian spy, the FBI, Carter Page's name isn't mentioned. He's referred to, I believe, as unidentified male or unidentified subject. His name, his name isn't mentioned. So nobody knew Page's name. You're tracking? 10-4. They just know that someone helped the FBI nail this, FBI, this uh, Russian spy. Apparently, this guy, Wolf, knows the name. Knows that unidentified male in the FBI documents are Carter Page. Why is that important in the media, um, the police state Democrat, swamp rat Republican, you know, conspiracy to take down Trump? Because in order to feed the dossier and the media narrative that Trump was working with the Russians, they needed Trump, someone on the Trump team, to have, Joe, some legitimate, verifiable contacts with the Russians. But they didn't have that. They only had a report saying unidentified male. Got it. 
So conveniently, this Senate staffer on the Intel Committee, the allegations in the media report are that he is having some romantic relationship with this reporter. He leaks the name. She then writes this report about Page's, quote, close ties to Russia. And all of a sudden, the media gets to run with this story. Oh, look, Trump team working with Russia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is then used as further evidence in the public space and the political space to push for additional investigating into Trump's connections with Russia. Mm-hmm. Although Page, in the report, is working with the government to nail the Russians. Mm-hmm. Folks, let me read to you a little bit of this because this makes this is a this is from a report in the Daily Caller by Chuck Ross again, which will be in the show notes today, and I strongly encourage you to read at Bongino.com. They're talking about this reporter's article, the reporter who is uh, having a relationship with this Senate staffer who is alleged to have leaked information and lied about it. The article revealed that Page was interviewed by the FBI as a witness in a 2013 investigation of a Russian spy ring operating in New York. Page's identity was masked, masked. He was identified as male one in the court papers for the case. The government claimed that Russian agents met with Page possibly as an attempt to cultivate him as a source. This is important, Joe. All right. Quoting again, Chuck Ross, Daily Caller. Page was not accused of wrongdoing in that investigation and gave a voluntary interview with the FBI for the case. Here is the quote. But Watkins report has been widely cited as evidence of Page's close ties to Russia. How? How to nail the Russian spy? You people idiots. Quoting again, Page is accused in the infamous Steele dossier of being the Trump campaign's conduit to the Kremlin for purposes of collusion. He has vehemently denied the allegations. Folks, do you see what's going on here? Freaking bizarro land. Uh, Joe, the media needs the narrative leaked from the Obama administration during the campaign Mm -hmm. and afterwards that Trump colluded with the Russians. They don't have any evidence of that. Right. So a Senate staffer who's having a relationship with some liberal outlet reporter Mm -hmm. knows the name of the guy who worked with the FBI to nail a Russian guy, leaks it to the reporter who writes a report about their ties to the Russians, which is then used by by politicians to further claim that Trump has ties to the Russians, even though Page was an FBI asset to nail the Russian. Oh my gosh, I can't... Do you understand now why Mueller was brought in to cover <laughs> all this stuff up? All of th- th- now, this is just before I let me tie that part up because yeah, I want to yeah, yeah, I yeah. got a ton of stories to get to, but a lot of stuff going on. There are things happening behind the scenes. I'm a little torn on this part of it, and I want to I'll tell you why. I am a obviously a big believer in the Constitutional Republic and the Bill of Rights that has negative liberties for the government, but the government can't do to you. They can't infringe on a free press, on on the right to assemble, can't establish a uh, state-sponsored religion. So I'm always hesitant when it comes to a free press, which would surprise you because I frequently attack the press uh, for for disingenuousness. And they they are. A lot of them are liars. But I'm always, always universally hesitant about government remedies. But in this case... The reporter's phone records, not the content, but the call logs from her phone were apparently subpoenaed by the government. I'll be candid with you. It gives me a little bit of hesitancy to do that. 
I am not for prosecuting reporters unless it's gross violations of the law here for leak cases. Having said that, I absolutely support prosecuting leakers who leak damaging information to set up a false narrative used to set up a false, phony witch hunt investigation against the president. Right. Having said that and laid the groundwork, the reason I bring this up is to the liberal listeners out there, and I know you're there, I get a lot of your emails, and you're welcome anytime, but I'm going to tell you with, 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 with as much passion as I can muster, you have forfeited your right to talk about this. I'm sorry. Not your constitutional right. I'm talking about personally. You have no credibility in this at all. You have supported a police state investigation into Donald Trump, police state spying into Donald Trump. You said almost nothing, not all, but most of you, when Barack Obama went after James Rosen from Fox News and the Associated Press. You support continued spying on the on the on the president of the United States, um, and and when the president was a candidate, you support it by covering it up. You have forfeited your right. You're, you're, I'm not suggesting your your government. I'm saying your personal obligation to be principled and tell the truth is gone. You're hypocrites. You're frauds. So this is a good conversation to have. I'm hesitant about it. I'm always hesitant about government involvement in even a free press. Always. And I'm actually glad the reporter wasn't prosecuted. And that may surprise some of you, but the leaker should be. But you, on the other hand, are a big fraud and a big phony. You're a fake. Because whereas I can say now and stand by my principles, this gives me a pause here, Joe. Intervention in our free press, just like it did under Obama. You're a hack and you're a phony. Because you supported the spying on Trump. You're still covering it up. You said almost nothing about the Obama spying. Again, not all of you, but a good amount of you covered it up. Didn't make it like it was a big deal. Now all of a sudden you're you're concerned about big government surveillance. Zip it. You have no, you have zero principles. Your voice is meaningless in this. All right, now moving on quick. This is why, but, but this is the key. This is why Mueller, Joe, is so important right now. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. I believe what's happening, and I've said this for weeks now, as evidenced by the targets of Mueller's investigations, is Mueller understands full well, because at some point he has to be talking to Rosenstein. He has to be. Mueller understands full well that a horse trade has to happen, Joe. There are people in the Obama administration and people in the Senate, as we've seen. We've now seen uh, an indictment of this Senate staffer. Again, so please don't tell me nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. Argue the pace of it. Argue about sessions. Fine. I get it. But there are things happening. We've now seen an indictment on paper of this uh, Senate staffer who leaked this devastating information about Page. And we've now seen a criminal referral on Andy McCabe, the number two in the FBI, who there are serious allegations right now of him lying, lying about his leaks. Things are happening, Joe. They're not happening at the pace we'd like them, but Mm -hmm. they're happening, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. There are going to be more, folks. There are going to be more. I know this. Wink it or not. I'm telling you. There are going to be more. You had an October leak about the existence of the Trump investigation, October of 2016, to the New York Times. You had a January leak to David Ignatius of the Washington Post about the Mike Flynn Kislyak call, a call, an unmasked call classified at the highest levels. This is serious stuff. People have sworn to warrants they may not have known were true. They may have known were false, I should say. 
Folks, there is some serious stuff coming down the pipeline. A horse trade is happening. This is why Rosenstein's appointment of Mueller was key. Mueller's role right now is to preserve the reputation of the DOJ and the FBI, Joe, period, full stop. Bingo. How he's going to do that is there's going to be some horse trade here. There's going to be a couple prosecutions for things like this. I'm not telling you I approve of this, please. I'm telling you what's happening. If you're interested in the news <laughs> and what's going on, this is what's going on. My opinion of it is it sucks. I'm just telling you what I think is happening based on a voluminous amount of research here. Mueller was the guy brought in to do this tit for tat. We'll prosecute this guy, Wolf. We'll prosecute Andy McCabe. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to nail whatever. Papadopoulos and Flynn and these other guys. The horse trade is already going on. Mueller's the perfect guy. Why? Mueller's deeply connected to all the people that need to be protected, Joe. There was a paper trail. The biggest scandal of this entire operation, as far as I'm concerned, is not just the push and pull. The push of information into the Trump team and the pull by the spy to try to rip it out to frame the Trump team. That's bad. But I think another one of the, 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 the a significant component of this, a major scandal, is the FISA court abuse. Was the use of false information in a court designed to prosecute terrorists, Joe, of Carter Page. That's why this leak prosecution was important. Mm-hmm. They got a warrant against Carter Page in a court used to prosecute the worst criminals and terrorists amongst us. Carter Page has done, as far as we know, has committed no crimes. Why isn't he under arrest? Do you understand what I'm saying, folks? Scandal number one. Yeah. They spied on the Trump team and... My research here, I believe, strongly set the Trump team up. They put information in about emails. They they stuck it into the Trump team with the sole purpose of pulling it out to make the Trump team look guilty about the Hillary DNC emails thing. Scandal number two, they put fake information, the dossier, into the court without the information being properly vetted. The vetting process and the failure of it is the scandal. Mueller needs to protect the Department of Justice and FBI that allowed this fake information to be used in the court. Are you tracking? This is super important. Mueller knows the players. Mueller needs to protect the players. He will protect the players on the Department of Justice. Because this James Wolf was a Department of Justice case, not a Mueller thing. I want to be clear on that. But this horse trade is going to happen where... I believe tangential and secondary players are going to be arrested like this guy, Wolf. And the major players in the Obama team, Joe, uh, again, I'm not trying to make you happy about this. I'm trying to get you a little pissed off because it should piss you off. Major players in the Obama team, I think at this point, there are a lot of them are going to get a pass. I don't think all of them. I don't think all of them. I think Brennan may be in a lot of trouble. I also think Clapper may be in some trouble as well. Mm -hmm. But Mueller knows the big players. Here's the relationships. The, The procedure for vetting information in the Department of Justice, where if it failed... The fake dossier made it into the courts. It's uh, the, it's called the Woods procedure. It's a procedure where the information goes in through the DOJ and the FBI and multiple people have to vet the authenticity of this information before it makes it in front of a judge in a FISA court. 
This is important. Mueller was a key figure in the establishment of these procedures and the reviewing of these rules and how it was going to work when he was the FBI director. Okay, that's light. I get it. Mm -hmm. But not unimportant. More importantly, one of the the end figures in the Department of Justice to say, hey, Joe, this information we're going to use in front of a judge to spy on Carter Page is A-OK. One of the key figures is the head of the DOJ National Security Division. He's one of the last men or women in, uh, to review that before it makes it to the court. Remember, Mueller's here to protect the crown, okay? Right. Steal a chess term. That guy who was in the DOJ National Security Division, who was one of the final figures to give the AOK and the fake information was John Carlin, who was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. Mueller's connected to these people, to major players in this. Mueller was the FBI director during the Uranium One 10X investigation. Who was the uh, United States attorney prosecuting it? Rod Rosenstein, who's now the deputy attorney general he's reporting to. Mm -hmm. The Uranium One scandal, the Russians and their acquisition of our uranium. Mueller was the FBI director. Protect the crown no matter what. Protect it. Protect it. Here's another one. The woman who took John Brennan's position in the White House is Barack Obama's key Homeland Security advisor. The position was held by John Brennan before, before he left to take over the CIA position, Joe. The mm-hmm. woman who takes his place is Lisa Monaco. Lisa Monaco's in the White House while this operation against Trump is going on. As one of her, a name frequently left out of this, by the way. Yeah. Lisa Monaco was one of Bob Mueller's deputies one of his i think i believe she was his chief of staff and held the position john carlin had at doj before carlin she's intimately familiar with all of this the procedure to vet this information you see how Mueller's the perfect guy to protect all these people oh, you yeah. think he's going to prosecute his buddies or investigate his buddies or 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 put in some recommendation at least that that they failed in their job. You think he's going to do that? Hell no. Of course not. The list goes on. Mueller picks two appointees for his team, the special counsel team going after Trump. Two of his appointees, Aaron Zebley and Jeannie Ree, actually represented as, law- as lawyers people in the Clinton sphere. Zebley represented Justin Cooper, who was a key figure in the in the email uh in the email case in the Blackberry destruction case for Hillary. Zebley is now on this Trump special counsel investigating Trump. He represented that guy. Jeannie Ree was a Clinton uh foundation lawyer. Even worse. They're on Trump, they're on Mueller's team. Mueller's number two, Andy Weissman. He ran the Enron case when Mueller was the FBI director. You know who one of the people on his team was? Andy Weissman's team in the Enron case? Catherine Rumler. Who's Catherine Rumler? Remember the names. Catherine Rumler was Obama's fixer. Right. The fixer. The fixer returns. She was Obama's White House counsel. She took the place of two guys who left, two lawyers, one who went to work for Perkins Coie, who's the law firm that hired Fusion GPS to gin up the fake information on Trump. 
He has since conveniently resigned, Bob Bauer, who took the place of Greg Craig, who went to go work with Skadden Arps, who's another firm intimately involved in the Mueller investigation. Greg Craig conveniently left his position too. No prosecution yet. Why don't you just resign, you guys? Do you see what's going on? Rumler was Obama's White House counsel. She worked with Andy Weissman on the Enron case while Mueller was the FBI director. Rumler is now representing a key source Mueller's using in the case to go after the Trump team. You're now, you can't, this stuff, you can't make it up. She's representing George Nader, who was there at some of these meetings that the Mueller team is investigating for so-called collusion. The source is being represented by Obama's former lawyer, who knows Andy Weissman and Mueller very well. You see what's going on? Mueller's the perfect guy. Mm -hmm. He's the perfect guy to prosecute and go after, attempt to go after the Trump team, to keep the attention on the Trump team, and to marshal the horse trading plan. You protect these people, these key figures. We'll give you a couple scraps off Longshank's table for you Braveheart fans. We'll give you a couple scraps, but you make sure we don't touch Greg Craig. We don't touch Rumler. We don't touch Monaco. We don't touch Carlin. We don't touch any of these people. Brennan, Clapper, we got to protect all of them. It is clear as day what's going on right now. You know, some guy called in Levin, listen, but there's been 19 indictments in the case. Zero for Russian collusion. That's amazing. Zero. All right, I got a lot more to get to. Big news day today. So um, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Filter By. I don't want to assume too much, but I suspect you have enough bills to pay already and you don't need more. But that might be what you're headed for if you don't trust me on this one. According to the Department of Energy, the most expensive utility for most Americans is their electricity bill, making up roughly 9% of their annual housing expenditure. That's a lot. The number is aggravated depending on where you live. Take mm-hmm. Florida, for example, where I live, where your bills in the summer, where it's, I love Florida, but it is hot in the summer, your electricity bills go through the roof. Adding insult to injury, this allergy season has been one of the worst, further straining your system and straining your health, too. You can lower this bill by making sure your system is running smoothly with a new set of filters from my friends at FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for both homes and small businesses. These guys are the best. They carry over 600 sizes, and if you're one of those difficult people, they can make custom filters just for you. Plus, they ship free within 24 hours. And if that isn't enough, they're manufactured right here in America, so there's no excuse. Set up auto delivery. It just makes life easier. Plus, you save an additional, uh, plus you save 5%. Additionally, You'll extend the life of your HVAC system and you won't get stuck with a $20,000 bill like I did when both of mine broke. It's getting hotter outside. The last thing you need is a busted HVAC system on top of the allergies. Save money, save time, and breathe better with FilterBuy.com. I know I do. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com, and be sure to tell them the Dan Bongino Show sent you. We love FilterBuy.com. Support the companies, please, that uh, support us. We, uh, we love FilterBuy. And now back to All in the Family. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. Remember that back <laughs> yeah. in the day? Do you remember back in the day on TV where they say, today this show is sponsored by? You don't yeah. see that anymore. I yeah, like that. that. Was, yeah. All right, the horse trade. Uh, let's move on because I got a lot more to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, just quickly on the NFL thing, the, the Eagles controversy. I mentioned it last night. I don't want to beat this thing to death, but um, it is important. 
This is an example, again, of a gift, regardless of how you feel about Trump, a gift the man clearly has for taking a story that the media thinks is a winner for them. Oh, Donald Trump kicked the Eagles out of the way. Look, these Eagles, they just wanted to show up and Donald Trump. No, no, it was a scam. You get it. I've covered it. It was a scam the whole time. The Eagles were setting him up to make him look like a fool to show up with the clown show. And I got an email, by the way, I just want to put this out there from a guy who knows one of the Eagles players who I'm not going to mention by name. And he said, listen, some of the Eagles really do like the president and are real patriots and wanted to show up. I, I get that. I totally agree. I'm not, I don't know them personally, but this guy seemed really sincere. I'm not knocking all of them. I'm just saying collectively, the Eagles organization yep. could have taken a stand, Joe, and said, listen, you guys work for us. We've been invited to the White House. We strongly recommend you show up for this. If you have some political gripe, air it afterwards. But this is what we do. That's not what they did. The Eagles tried to show up with a clown show. A clown. I'm not talking about the, the people that won. They weren't clown. I mean, a clown show. They're going to show up with a few people and right. a mascot and make the president look like an idiot. That's my point. So I'm not knocking the individual players that wanted to. I, I bet there were a lot of good people on the Eagles team. I'm pissed off about the NFL and the organization not just doing the right thing here. Just show up. Take the picture. Do your thing. Wave. Thanks. Have a nice day. Right? But again... The media thinks they have Trump in a corner. They do this over and over again. They think they have him in a corner with the Russian collusion thing, despite the fact that public sentiment against Mueller has been is, is turning dramatically now because people are starting to see exactly this. That Trump is becoming, in fact, a martyr in this. Exactly what the and the media is horrified, Joe. They thought they had Trump yeah. painted as a Russian colluder. Look at this guy, Putin's pawn. And all of a sudden, Trump turns the case around, makes himself look like a martyr in this, in this witch hunt, which it is, by the way. And the media is sitting there going, what do we have to do to get rid of this guy? Politically speaking, you can't, you're losing. Trump's gift is to take a story that looks like a net negative Russian collusion. He got dissed at the White House and to make it a Trump story. And he's done it again. What does he do today? What's the new breaking news? I'm watching Fox this morning, and I thought, this guy, this is genius. He's getting ready to go to the G7, and he gives one of his impromptu pressers. Yeah. He does this all the time, you know, where he comes out, and there's a gaggle outside. He's getting ready to get on Marine One in the South Grounds. I don't know how he does it, by the way. I've been on the South Grounds where Marine One is. It is so loud. You can't hear anything. I have to turn your radio up in your Secret Service earpiece to maximum just to hear what they're saying. So I don't know how he does this. But someone asks him about the Eagles, and he brings up another brilliant point. He says, hey. You know, I'm offering this opportunity now to the NFL. You guys say you have a problem with social inequities, with racial injustice, um, you know, the misapplications of justice in society, systemic no, oppression. No, I'm Did you hear this, looking at you, you, you were working, yeah. of course you didn't. It, uh, you, I know. In the, in the, in the Trumpian dipsy-doo flipperoo of the, of the day, which he always does, he goes, so now I'm going to throw this offer out. NFL players who know about cases of judicial inequities, people who've been put in jail for excessive sentences, people they think are innocent, could use a pardon. I'm basically inviting you to a conversation where you bring these cases to me. I'd love to hear about them, and I'll look at pardoning these people. <laughs> this, again, again, Trumpian genius. Yeah. Jay, you don't have to like the guy. I get it. You don't have, but I'm telling you, this is another dipsy do flipperoo moment. My favorite expression of all time. The Flipperuski, where he takes a story where the media, these 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 numbskulls, swear they have him in the corner, and he turns around and makes them look like idiots. Now what are they going to do? They got to report on this story because the pre listen, anything the president says is news. Right. They can't ignore it no matter what. 
They need eyeballs like everyone else. If the president says it and you don't put it on the news, they're going to flip to another news channel for what? To hear what the president said. Trump knows he can say this. He knows it'll be news. Now the story becomes Trump makes offer to NFL players. You see systemic oppression. Let me hear about it. What do they say now? What are these dopes in the NFL going to do now? No, no. We, we don't want to take them up on that offer. Well, wait, wait. Time out. Red flag <laughs> under the hood for review. You've been telling us for three years now, two years, whatever, that your protests against the flag, which they are, kneeling is a sign of disrespect, end the story, thank you, you've been telling us that, no, 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 this isn't about disrespect. This is about systemic oppression and judicial inequities and the treatment of minorities. And Okay, in the judicial system. Fine. He's given you now the opportunity to address some of this. Now, what do they do? Now, what do they do, Joe? This is going to prove once and for all that this whole thing is a scam. This is a PR scam by people who haven't done their homework. They're catering to a liberal base, just like the NFL, trying to kiss the butt of the liberal base of America, the the 0.2% of America that subscribes to far-left radical liberalism when they find out what it is. This is the NFL and their stupid PR plan to try to cater to those people that is now going to blow up in historic fashion in their faces. Because why, Joe? They are not going to take him up on the offer. And Trump is going to come back again in Trumpian fashion and say what? Hey, you fellas keep griping and moaning. I was going to say something different with a B. You keep griping and moaning. I've offered you the opportunity. Kim Kardashian showed up. We righted a wrong in the judicial system. And you guys just keep griping. (laughs) Whining, kneeling, complaining about the country, systemic oppression. Come talk about it. Again, the genius of Donald Trump taking a story the media and the liberal goons are absolutely convinced is a net negative. They run with it everywhere. Trump, Trump attacks him, Trump, the Eagles humiliate Trump and taking the story and not only slamming them over the head with it, but making them look like idiots and putting them in the corner they thought they had Trump in. What do they do? I'm asking a serious question. Our liberal listeners, what do they do now? What do you say? Oh, no, no, we're not going to meet with Trump. Uh, uh, he's a racist. He's offering you an opportunity to correct racial inequities in the justice system. You don't want it because you're saying he's a racist. Does that make any sense? He exposed this for the political scheme and scam it was. He flipped the script in an ultimate dipsy do gold medal winning flipperuski, and now they're on their heels again. And it's driving them crazy. Why? Because I'm talking about the media here. Because the media are liberal goofs. They're not journalists. Stop thinking that. Please. Stop assuming these people are interested in the facts. They are not. The Times, the Washington Post, the New York Daily News, CNN, MSNBC, these are Democrat activists. No, no. Time out. Rewind. They are liberal activists. These are liberal propaganda activists. Stop. Stop with the nonsense. These are not journalists. They are trying to crush the president. The facts of the situation are irrelevant. The genius of Trump is that it's not working. His poll numbers are going up, not down. The Mueller investigation, the public knows it's a farce. 
Trump has been using his Twitter account and the White House pulpit to hammer them endlessly and they don't know what to do. And as they lose battle after battle, oh, we got to paint this uh, tax cuts as crumbs with Nancy Pelosi. Ah, all of a sudden, poll by Frank Luntz in the Wall Street Journal today, Joe. Wow. Large majority hey. of people think these tax cuts are helping. It's not working. Again, on Trump, we got to paint him as a Russian colluder. He turns around and paints himself as a martyr and a witch hunt. (laughs) And he's right. The media's like, darn it. We were supposed to nail him on the tax cuts. Then the collusion story. Now we definitely got him on the NFL. We're going to paint him as a racist. So what does he do? He offers a summit to the NFL players to come out and address racial grievances in the justice system. What does the media do? They're like, oh, oh my God. Oh, what do we do now? They're in complete, utter panic mode. What's next? They don't know what to do. They're losing their mind. Because their propaganda artists and their agitprop is not working. Not only is it not working, the media, folks, how do you explain this? The media's reputation is going down dramatically. Almost nobody outside of the far left trusts the media anymore. No one. Because they're liars. Yet Trump's approval is going up. This is why I tell people don't get depressed, fight back. Do what he's doing. Don't get depressed. Get up. Do the dance. Fight back. Use your Twitter, your social media, your political donations, your volunteer time to fight back. It's working. These people are losing. They're losing. The economy's humming along. The Democrats have spent two years harping on a fake collusion story. The story's blowing up in their faces as People on the inside of the swamp are now being indicted and prosecuted. There is still no zero evidence of Russian collusion. The whole thing's blowing up in their faces. Mueller's credibility's in the can. Every story they put out about this guy blows up in their face. Everything. It's it, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It is, yeah. It is, Joe. This is a beautiful thing to watch because the media has beaten us down for so long. And cowardly, spineless Republicans have been terrified, terrified to do the right thing mm-hmm. because they know the agitprop liberal media machine were going to attack them. Trump doesn't care. He takes the attacks, turns them around and corners them. Good for him. All right. One uh, final read here and then I have to move on. I have the Obama. Some, I, want to, I want to address a couple of stories. One about Sean Hannity, too, which is deeply disturbing Mm. what happened to him yesterday just goes to show you again what a bunch of goons the media are uh today's show also brought to you by buddies at brick house nutrition hey i love foundation it was their original product i started reading for with them foundation's a creatine atp blend now that's important because that listen you can get creatine anywhere but this creatine atp blend they have is like having two not one extra gas tank in the gym and I'm, I'm so confident in this product. I encourage anyone who wants to try it to just take, I call it the mirror test because it worked for me. I have these big mirrors in my bathroom, right? And before I started taking this product, I was like, all right, let me take a mental mm-hmm. snapshot, see if this stuff works, right? About seven days later, after taking foundation and allowing it to load in your system, I was like, damn, <laughs> stuff looks like uh, you've been working out for two, three years in just a week. It's that good. I tell the story. My nephew d- drove up from Fort Lauderdale after he tried a bottle. He's like, can I get some more of that stuff? I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever, man. It's really, really awesome stuff. You look better, feel better. You'll be more energetic in the gym and you'll be able to do more work. That's what creatine and ATP does. If these phosphogens, they enable your body to do more work in the gym. 
And they also give you a, a volumization effect in your muscles that makes your muscles look more toned. You just look better. Give it a shot. The product is called Foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go check out Foundation today. Email me about it. I'm that confident. I, you know, my email's on the website. I give it out for a reason. I love to hear your feedback. I send it right back on to Miles from BrickHouse. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Try Foundation today. And while you're at it, take a log of your performance in the gym. You know, whatever. Bench press, squat, deadlift, pull-ups, something you can do. Take the product. Give it seven days. And then... uh then go look back at, at the at the log you put together, and I guarantee you're doing more. It's so much. It's so good. Give it a shot. Foundation. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. All right. Um, good op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal today by uh, by St- uh, Stephen Moore and uh, Art Laffer uh, about the Obama economy. Now, this is interesting because the story's changing now, Joe, because the liberals are, the liberals yeah. are in – there's a problem. Houston, we've got a problem. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about in the liberal space, not in the Republican space. The spa- Here's the problem, Joe. The liberals know that the economy is humming right now. It's obvious. And they know that it's going to be harder and harder to talk the economy down, especially given the fact that no liberals, no Democrats voted for the tax cut package. None. So they're not... They. they Politically speaking, it's going to be impossible for any of them to take credit for. Think about it. Put yourself in the place of a Democrat congressman. You're running in a swinging district where homeowners, employees, government workers, private sector workers, they're all getting raises. Not not all, but a good swath of them are getting raises. The economy's humming along. They're getting job offers. Uh, they're buying new homes. They're finally getting a new car after years of a stagnant recovery under Barack Obama. You're now running for re-election. You voted no on a tax cut package that now the majority of Americans believe is assisting the economy. No one's going to let you get a, not, no opponent's going to give you a free pass on that. That's going to become the subject of mailers. It's going to become the subject of TV ads. Joe probably hears them at CNN, CBM all morning. By the way, Nino Mangione's running for delegate. Oh yeah, Nino's running. Good for him. I love Nino if you're in Maryland. Also, I got another good buddy running, Brian Chisholm for delegate in Maryland. Really great. They're good conservatives running in Blue State. I know Nino well, but you're probably hearing the political ads all morning, Joe. Oh yeah. Tell Nino we gave him a shout out. (laughs) Yeah. So you're hearing these political ads. Nobody's going to give the Democrats a free pass on this. So what do you say? Put yourself in this little conundrum they're in. You're a Democrat. You can't tell your constituents you're trying to get reelected or get elected in a swingy district if you're not the one in office. Hey, the economy sucks. It doesn't. (laughs) They're going to be like... What are you talking about? Like, my wife just got a raise. I got a raise. She's got a new job offer. No one wants to be... You can't run... I guess this is a better way to say it. I'm sorry, because this is really important. I want to get this out. I want to make sure you understand me having run for office, the tactics of what's going on here. We almost pulled off a huge upset in the swingy yeah. district. And we were very tactic... We were smart about it. We actually won on election day. We lost four days later in the absentee count in a district we had no business even being competitive in. You can't run on a negative message. You can't. It doesn't work. In other words, running on a message like the economy sucks, look, we told you so, is not an aspirational. No one goes out to vote for that. Um, Democrat Joey Bag of Donuts and the economy sucks and we told you so. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> vote Bag of Donuts. The economy sucks. You you, you get my point. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic, but Joe, this makes sense, yeah. right? But 
What's the alternative, Joe? You want to run on an aspirational message that inspires people to go out and vote for you, to take a a volitional act, to go out and vote, to do something. They can't run on, hey, the economy's great. Why, Joe? Because they they didn't vote for it. (laughs) The opponent's going to say, yeah, it is great, and you voted no. You see the conundrum? Yeah. Does this make sense? I don't. I don't. I don't mean to repeat this unnecessarily here. I just want you to understand the tactical position candidates for office, political candidates, are in right now on the Democrat side. They can't run on the economy sucks to bash Trump because it doesn't, and they'll look like idiots, and nobody's going to vote on an economy sucks message. But they can't vote on hey, the economy's great either because they all voted against it. So Laffer and Moore open up by talking about this this conundrum they're in. Mm-hmm. So what is the third way? The third way, Joe, is they're going to say the economy's good, but it's all Barack Obama that did it. Now, this is a laughable message, but Woo! again, being candid, there are some liberals and moderate Democrats and even some moderate Republicans who actually believe this utter, complete steaming pile of garbage. It is nonsense, folks. Now, a couple of of tidbits in the piece. Number one, if Obama was responsible for this dramatic economic recovery, then you would think it would be a continuation of the Obama policies you're claiming are responsible for the recovery. Joe, this isn't hard to figure out. Mm. If you're saying Obama's policies, Obamacare, his tax hikes, his regulatory overreach, waters of the United States rule, Paris Climate Accords, the Iran deal, all of this stuff was terrific for America and therefore have led to prosperity, then common sense would dictate, and I'm not saying liberals have this because they don't, Mm -hmm. that those policies were continued. Therefore, Trump, and you would be correct, should credit Obama. But that's not what happened. Trump got into office and immediately reversed all this stuff. So your point is what? Obama's policies led to economic prosperity, even though Trump discontinued Obama's policies? Guys, ladies, does that make any sense? Ask this simple question to your friends. If Obama's to credit for the the economy, how come the economy took off when Trump reversed Obama's policies? You just said we're to credit for the economy. (laughs) Does that make any sense? He reversed Obama's policies on government regulations. He's been cutting regulations dramatically. Obama increased them. He reversed Obama's policies on welfare and and some entitlements. He reversed Obama's policies on fossil fuels, the Paris Climate Accords. Reversed his policies on taxes. Obama hiked taxes. Trump cut them. He reversed Obamacare, individual mandate policies. All of this stuff went in the other direction. Your your, your assertions are, are groundless. Obama was responsible. How? The economy took off when they stopped Obama's stuff. You're just making that up. Laffer and Moore bring up another great point. That the same libs, Joe, liberals, economists, and Obama butt kissers, who are now insisting that growth was inevitable because of Obama's policies, 
are the same liberals who warned us that Trump, if he was elected, was going to lead to a catastrophic crash in the economy. Paul Krugman, Larry Summers, all of these Obama bootlickers. If we elect Trump, it's over. It's over. The economy's going to crash. Paul Krugman, the stock market may never recover. We're going to go into a recession. So wait, wait, let me get this straight. The Obama people crediting Obama, who were insisting that this Trump growth was inevitable because of Obama's policies, are now the same people who insisted that if Trump was elected, everything was going to collapse. They can't be right on both accounts, okay? If they were right about, oh, no, no, this is all inevitable due to Obama, they were saying before Trump was elected, if Trump was elected, that no matter what happened with Obama, everything was going to collapse. Mm-hmm. Joe, do you see how those two stories can't be yeah, true? They cannot be true, both of them, no. But again, don't let, let's not intro, introduce logic into the liberal brain. No. Some yeah, Something may melt down and the computer may need to be rebuilt. No logic, no. None. Mm-hmm. Point number three. If Obama handed Trump a motoring economy and Trump was just, this is all inevitable as a result of Obama's economic uh, ledger domain here, his greatness, his his ability to move things around and work economic magic and, you know, do a, 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 the, uh, the shell game. Then how come Obama's growth rate in his final year of office for the economy was 1.6%? Trump's approaching three, almost double. So, yes, Saul. So, I don't get this. I can't handle the logic. Of course you can't, because you're a liberal. Go to the safe space and get your color form. The growth rate was 1.6%. The numbers don't add up. Obama didn't hand Trump a motoring economy. He handed him a tricycle. Yeah. Which he probably doubled the speed of by putting a jet engine on the back of it. By reversing all of Obama's crap policies. Folks, I'm sorry, but this doesn't make sense. I think I, on my show, I'm listen, I, I, I'm, I'm a hot-headed guy. It, that, that, let's not dispute that. But I think I've been more than fair in my analysis of Democrat and Republican presidents and the policies they've supported. I've said clearly on this show many times, regardless of your personal feelings towards Bill Clinton, I have no doubt um, he was a leftist in many respects, none, that the spending levels under Bill Clinton and the Republican Congress and Newt Gingrich were far better than they are now. It was about 19% of GDP. We're up close to 22, 23% now. The fact that a Democrat was... in was occupying the office of the presidency when government spending was constrained, I think, again, largely thanks to a Republican Congress, but Clinton signed the budget, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and be a partisan goon. Uh, he doesn't deserve any credit. He does. I don't, I, he does. He signed the budget. End the story. There's, there, you know, we have to stick to our principles that government spending matters. If you get a Democrat in office next, God forbid, but they want to cut spending, what do we, no, no, let's not do it because he's a Democrat. It's just stupid. But this is why I have no respect for radical far-left liberals. None. Because when it comes to doing the same thing and looking at a logical set of facts and and and, and deducing a, a, a conclusion from this, they, they just ignore the facts and they just make stuff up. Oh, Obama's responsible. Dude, we just stopped Obama's policies. Obama did not hand him a motoring economy. And these exact same people you're claiming, oh, now growth was inevitable because of Obama. The same people said the economy was going to crash. They can't be right. One of those theories they had was wrong.
Here's another one. One takeaway here. Because I'm going to get this Hannity thing. In June of 2016, close to the end of the Obama administration, Joe, mm-hmm. public polling on how many people thought the economy was good or excellent. Only 32% of people thought that. The wisdom of crowds, folks. The American people are not stupid, okay? When you ask them if, these economy, if the economy is good or excellent, you know how they gauge that? Hmm. They gauge that by how their family's doing and how they're doing. This is real. This is the figure that should matter the most to you. So Obama all of a sudden handled Trump a motoring economy that only 32% of people thought was good? Does that make sense? Okay, you say, Dan, well, what's the figure now? 62. Almost double. Today, 62% of people think the economy is good or excellent. I'll trust the American people any day. This, the Obama economy did it. Your third way is complete BS, and you know it. This is the problem they have now. They can't acknowledge the economy's good because it'll benefit Trump. They can't acknowledge the economy's bad because they can't run on a negative message. So they're trying this ridiculous third path that, oh, Obama did it, which is factually ridiculous. Absurd. Okay. Um, Pretty disgusting, filthy attack on Sean Hannity yesterday. Did you hear this story? No, no. Tell me what happened. Hannity's show on, was it Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. Fox, his Fox television program. By the way, I'll be on Hannity Radio today if you all want to listen. In. I'm not filling in. I'm just a guest. But um, check it out. This is disturbing because I'm seeing more and more of this. It happened to me. Media Matters and these leftist goons that are liars, frauds, fakes, they have the darkest souls you've ever seen. These are unethical, immoral. I'm I'm sorry, folks, if we're going on and on, but these are really awful people. And when you deal with them like I do, and you deal with their nonsense every day, you'll see what I'm talking about. They are liars. They are disgusting, filthy frauds. Hannity goes on his show Wednesday night, and he's responding to a story about Bob Mueller demanding the personal cell phones of some people involved in his witch hunt, Joe. Okay. So Hannity sarcastically says, he says, well, you know, what if they started doing what Hillary did and bleach bit and started smashing the devices and deleting emails and hiding stuff. And he ends, this is important. He ends, it's, he's obviously being sarcastic. I watched it live. He ends Joe by saying, I don't think that would work out well if you did what Hillary did. In other words, Joe, if you have common sense, which dopey, silly liberals don't, you'd understand he's recommending you don't do that. Right. I don't think it would work out well if you did what Hillary did. Mm -hmm. He then even goes on later in the show to say, clearly, he's not recommending that, that this is what Hillary's team got away with. Joe, let me be clear on this. If you watched it and you have an IQ above 14, Mm -hmm. it was crystal clear that he was using an ana- sarcastic analogy as a foil. Sure. Hillary got to destroy all this stuff. Now Mueller's asking for emails. They, you know, if they did the same thing, what would happen to them? He was not recommending they do that. These lying frauds at Media Matters. I'm not even going to mention the guy's name because he deserves no publicity on the guy there because he's a joke. I blocked him. He's a complete idiot. 
puts out this piece suggesting that Hannity's recommending people break the law and destroy evidence in the Mueller case. Now, we expect nothing from Media Matters. These people are total, complete, disgraceful losers. They sit in mommy's basement with the s'mores and the video games uh, and the tentacle porn or whatever they do. with them. I met an Eichenwald guy. He didn't even work for Media Matters. But these crazy Looney Tunes leftists, yeah. they have no lives. And they sit in their basement and they look for ways to attack conservatives. It's not just that these goofballs did it. it that, it's that the story was picked up later. By people at the Hill, Business Insider, Rolling Stone, picked up this story that Sean Hannity was recommending people commit some kind of a federal crime. Folks, based entirely, completely, 100% on a lie, on a scam. This happens all the time. All the time. This happened to me on my NRA TV show, where I was making a chess analogy about political strategy and sacrifice, and I use the term protect the crown, which I immediately put a caveat on and said, I'm not talking about a monarchy here with the Trump. You can watch the clip yourself. Just Google it. And what happened? The same exact bunch of goons wrote up stories. What is this NRA TV guy talking about a Trump monarchy? Watch the clip yourself to see how horrifyingly stupid their commentary was if you actually listen to the clip. This happens all the time, folks. These people are complete losers. I'm just encouraging you out there. Block them. Block their Twitter accounts. They're going to pay no attention to these people at all. They are liars. They're complete frauds. And it's just more evidence of why media doesn't matter and the media matters. And why the what people who claim to be mainstream journalists are mattering less and less every day. They're not about the facts anymore. It's about propaganda. Hey, I've got a personal favor for you to ask before we wrap up the show. I just got one more thing I want to mention, too. Um, Mark Levin's a good friend of mine. He's a good man. I'm not name dropping. Nobody cares. But Mark's a really good guy behind the scenes. Um, Really, really good guy. He's done a lot for me and a lot of other people you know in this business. He's given a lot of people their head start. He's given a lot of people a start start. He's nominated for the National Radio Hall of Fame. Hmm. I would deeply appreciate it if you would take five seconds. It probably doesn't even take that. To text 500, that's 500, to the number 96000. That's how you vote for the National Radio Hall of Fame by text. It takes two seconds. They send back an acknowledgement. Thanks for your vote. Text 500 to 96000. I'd be honored if you'd do it. Help Mark out. I did it last night. It, I'm telling you, it takes all of two, three seconds. But that's how Mark's going to get in. He deserves it. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you would do that. It'd mean a lot to me. And I know it would mean a lot to Mark, too. So uh, thanks. That means uh, that means a lot. I really like Mark. Right. Um, one more thing. There's a great article in the show notes today by Victor Davis Hanson that I think is worthy of your attention about 10 paradoxes in our modern society. I didn't have time to cover it fully uh, today on the show, so I may leave it for Monday. But read the piece. I'll just cue you in on one of them, which is this is really, really fascinating. Paradoxes on how Tradition, the traditional viewpoint, folks, was that as countries gained more degrees of economic freedom, like China, for example, that moved away from hard socialism to a softer form of socialism and government. I'm not, I'm not suggesting they're not socialist. I'm mm -hmm. just telling you they're moving away from that model into eh, there's been some turns backwards. But you get the point that the thought was in the past that as countries you know, implemented more market freedoms and individual economic freedom. 
that those countries would yearn for more freedom. There would be, you know, less less conflict and a, a less less need for that government to engender conflict. Why? You don't want to endanger trade relationships. You don't want to endanger economic prosperity. And war does that. And Davis points to all these paradoxes. Like, strangely enough, that's not the case. Like, China's becoming more belligerent, not less. The Spratleys, the South China Sea. And he talks about these other 10 paradoxes. I'm going to get to some of them probably on Monday. But it's really, really a wonderful piece. And if you read it before Monday, I have some unique insights into it. I hope I can get to it. Um, Check it out. It's really good. It's at the show notes today at Bongino.com. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Follow us on iHeartRadio as well. It helps us move up the charts quickly. Thanks, folks. Appreciate it. See you on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.